welcome to the Chicago Golf Tour Podcast. That's Rob, I'm Tom, and we're going to take you on the journey. What is the CGT? Here we go. All right, folks, welcome back to episode 10. We are back and we are back better than ever, Rob. How are we doing? Good, how are yourself, Tom? Good, good. We had a great day today. Um, for those listening, today is a Sunday. Today is not a Thursday. And today is post-PNC Sunday. And Rob's over there shaking his head. because he You got me. You were right. You were absolutely right. I was. I think this is the most golf I've watched in the last month. I was glued to the TV today. For people listening, for people on YouTube, this was not planned at all whatsoever. <laughs> okay? I, I lost. You were right. You finished better than T5. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We had to bust it out. Oh, I didn't wear it. it I'm in my Sunday red, by the way. Nike, Tiger Woods. I had a zip up on. He never saw it. Never saw it. Have you I, been wearing that all day? No, I put it okay. in. I was literally walking past my closet and I started laughing to myself. And I said, yes, we're doing it. Is that the bandit collar one too? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this thing is sharp. So I'm speechless right now. You caught me completely off guard. Oh, I didn't yeah. see this one coming. I planned it. I, I deserve it, though. You were right. Yeah. I mean, you're better than T5. Solo second. Solo second. Almost. Solo second. Almost the first. I mean, I just kept on. I mean, Charlie today. I don't. I mean, it was just insane. Absolutely insane. Crazy, man. That kid is going to be so good. I was. uh I was laughing yesterday at when um, when he sunk that punt putt and he turned around and did the cash money sign to JT. Yeah. I was I was cracking up to that in the putting game. He's he's um, he's definitely got some swag for being twelve. Yeah, I mean, I was laughing too because if when they showed last year's highlights, you know what he was rocking for a putter. Yeah, he's, he's rocking the same putter as his tiger. No, no, last year. Oh, last year? No. He's rocking the spider, the spider X. Oh, that's right. Okay. And yeah. then and then this weekend, he's rocking the yeah. uh, backup of Tigers, Newport. Yeah, the mini uh, yeah. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Dude, I mean, fearless, just throwing. I mean, I guess when you're, you're 12, you kind of don't really care as much but still i mean he he had to feel some type of, of nerves but you couldn't tell i mean he's it, it seemed like he's been there before yeah it just i was laughing because he wasn't interacting with the crowd at all it was just like straight focused i'm moving to the next next swing no man i mean his mannerisms and in him and, and big cat it's just crazy i mean yeah the what was it was it 17 that part three today where he, he was the closest he stuck at the closest yeah that was crazy. Crazy. Um, speaking of, I don't think Little John got enough credit, man. He played out of his ass. Dude, he was he was awesome, too. His his uh, big stick was pretty impressive. Did you see that shot out of the bunker? It was like 220. No, I did not. He had a, he hit a four iron out of the bunker. It was 220 out. It was like number four or five. And he threw it to like, I don't know, eight feet. It was, it was bananas. They both shot 57 today, right? Something like that? 
Yeah, they both they both were fifteen today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think you know the dailies yesterday were whatever seventeen. Yeah. Um, or not seventeen, twelve. Right. Yeah. Either way, two shots better yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, but little John, I mean, he played crazy. I mean, he he was rolling putts that his old man was, and, and they were. There was a couple relatively short, like you know, four footers that that JD missed, and then little John had some pressure and just came in and knocked them down. Um, he so he impressed me a lot, but I mean, Charlie Charlie stole the show. Yeah. Well, no, you know, Stenson's son was pretty funny too, though. Carl. Yeah. His, uh, his, uh, interviews are pretty spot on. I was dying, man. Um, you could tell Stenson was kind of getting pissed too. You know, yeah. <laughs> when he's like, he pretty much, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, not if he's, not if he's playing this way. Right. <laughs> then he covered up the mic. But yeah, Carl was cracking me up, man. He, uh, He's got a dry sense of humor. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think the PNC, you know, couldn't have been any better. No, it was, it was yesterday I caught the highlights, didn't try it. I didn't watch too much of it. Um, but today I watched a lot of it. It was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I think I might have missed. I was pretty much home all weekend. Um, got a sick little baby in the house. But so I see, I, I might have missed like two holes. Yeah. Yeah. Saw everything yesterday, everything today. Um, it was great. Even the quarters played really well. Um, surprised the sings kind of stunk it up, but um, and then the sinks, the sinks kind of came out of yeah. Late. Um, what's his name? Regan, Regan sink. He was he was rubbing me the wrong way. <laughs> he, you know, he he comes off as just like a a dirty salesman. I feel like. He's just too nice. I don't know if that's like genuine or not, but you know, uh, regardless, I like Stu, his son. I don't know. He just wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> well, I, I could relate to him seeing him on 18. Cause what he teed off into the water. Oh, and then, and then he, what his, their approach shot, he, yeah. you know, obviously hit it way too uh, hard and went back into the water over the green. I was dying laughing. I'm like, Oh, that's something I would do. You know? Oh yeah. I had a couple choice words for him after that. <laughs> um, a video, that video last night with Nelly trying to get Tiger's uh, picture and everything. That was awesome to see, though. Super cool. I mean, that's that's crazy to me that the number one player in the world, LPGA, is is that excited, you know, um, to meet Tiger Woods. Like you would think they won, they would they would have met at some point. Sure. She even said they they kind of met briefly at, at the dinner, but like, yeah. you know, well, even her dad was starstruck and what he's a, he's a huge tennis superstar, right. From back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, but to your point, it's, it's unbelievable to see that that just goes to show like how big we see tiger and we think it's like, you know, massive. It really is. Yeah. So yeah, that was super cool. Um, the, the whole tournament man, was it was super well done. It, the only thing that that I would say was the biggest turnoff about that, that tournament, and it's not even because of the tournament or anything that took place in the tournament, it's the whole broadcast. I mean, I we've talked about this before. 
dude, I'm jumping back from, and I'm a Roku guy. So I'm jumping back between, you know, um, NBC sports app. Oh yeah. Peacock. Peacock. Yeah. Go back to NBC sports, then to NBC. Like what are they doing? Yeah. I mean, it's just going to just continue. I mean, is it just not big enough for somebody to buy out and be like, here you go. Here's, here's the tournament all day. And just to keep it on one station. Yeah. I just, I think, I don't know too much about it, but obviously with all the different streaming platforms and everything, everybody's got to get their cut now, you know, it's all part of that. It's crazy. And to be honest, like I'm surprised like uh, a shady Saudi media company hasn't moved in and tried to like own the rights. You know what I mean? That way they have full rights to all PGA tour media. I mean, somebody needs to do it and like somebody should do it and do it well. So not only just PGA tour, but like the corn Ferry tour, right? Have a team where, you know, the, the golf channel, the fact that it's called the golf channel and there's not even golf on it. Right. It's crazy to me. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's just the ongoing saga that we've all been a part of for the last few years, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, not to harp on it. I just think that I just, I just don't get it really. It's super frustrating. Yeah. And it seems like even like the bigger, the bigger guys, like no laying up and fried egg, like all those guys say the same thing. So like, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we're all we're all on the same page of what needs to change and you know how it does, how it needs to. I mean, I know you had you know Costas on there a few times and he's you know he's talked about it and it's you know pretty eye opening. Yeah, what did he say about it? Well, it's more like you know they had to take all these commercials, that type of stuff, so that they could pay for said you know purses and whatnot. So it's you know. It is what it is right now. Yeah. I mean, I just think it. So to your point, obviously sponsorship is the biggest needle mover, but I also think it comes down to just viewership. Like, right. Like us and people listening to this are obviously huge golf nerds, but right. You know, that, that market isn't as big as say like the NFL. Um, But I think if you were to get some, you know, some investors, some, and be like, hey, we're 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 looking to have everybody on this. Anybody who plays even collegiate golf, you know, or the USA, obviously, all that stuff would be on there. Um. Anyhow, there's my, there's my there's my rant for the day. Your Sunday rant? Yeah, it just I got really annoyed because I was like, you know, I'm already halfway into my recliner. I got my drink, I got my snack. Spicy nacho Dorito, by the way. What was it? Spicy nacho Doritos. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's it's my top one chip of all time. Really? Absolutely. Um, Funyuns. Funyuns is in my top three. Yep. Um, Pringles. No. <laughs> so, so then, what's your other one? In your, what's your other one in your top three? Um, probably. Jay's hot stuff. Uh. Long story short, I was what I'm getting at is I was like comfortable. I was sitting there, and then the next thing you know, I got to jump to another station, and then I right. got you know whatever. So 
just the inconvenience factor of, you know, the Lord's day, a day of rest, uh, <laughs> you know, Tiger's in contention and yeah. you're sitting there trying to figure out how you can watch it. I get it. Right. And I don't want to be bothered. You know, I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. But, um, no, we have a, uh, another phenomenal episode. Um, we actually have a very, very special guest for you guys tonight. Oh yeah. Um, we, so we mentioned that it was going to be, we had a surprise for you guys, I think two episodes ago. So don't think we, we forgot about that and it had to do with sub 70. Well, tonight is that surprise. And we have the CEO and founder of sub 70, Mr. Jason Highland on the show tonight. You see me? Oh yeah. Hey, Jason, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. I like the picture behind you too. What do you got there? Let's see. Who do we got? We got uh, Freddie. Oh, I got to do it reverse. Freddie at Oakmont. Okay. Nice. We got, uh, let's see. Can you see that one? Oh, yeah. TA3 setting the PJ Tour scoring record, his putter. Nice. Very nice. And we got. Uh, I like this. I like this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is pretty sweet. This is, this is like cribs. DL3 uh, with his Cameron putter winning oh, the nice. seven. And then uh, this is a good one. Got these when I was a kid. Got autograph from Mr. Nelson and Mr. Hogan. Wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good one, right? That is. Sent them letters when I was kids and when I was a kid and got the uh, got the autograph back. So that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, thank goodness I had enough foresight at 16 to be like, I should get a little piece of history from those guys. So. <laughs> right, right. So, Rob, the, the flags we were showing each other last week, that that easily just got trumped. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> by uh, Mr. Hogan. Um, how are you doing there, Jason? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Thanks for coming on. We are uh, super excited for this episode. Well, thanks wow. for rescheduling from from last week as well. We're uh, we have a new project going on and plans sort of shifted there. So thanks for being uh, accommodating for that one. No, no problem. We hope uh, we hope everything worked out. Um, so you know, actually, I don't know if you know, but Rob is a big fanboy of huge uh, fanboy of Sub Seventy. He's got the right hats. Right? Oh, I'm I'm like I'm like three clubs short of being a full staffer for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. He uh let's see, what was it this past year you just got the new irons? Yeah, new irons, JB wedges, the hybrid, you know. It was uh, it was fun going down there. So yeah, I appreciate it. I really do. It's uh it's been a fun ride. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And you know, I got as much time as you guys need tonight. So I'm ready to go when you guys are. Yeah, we uh we had a blast when we went to your uh, facility there in, in Sycamore and got to see the, you know, the whole landscape that I couldn't believe how big that warehouse was just from, you know, um, kind of off the street, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. And then you got like the, the club fitter stations and you really get to see, you know, um, what goes on behind the scenes. And it was, it was unbelievable. Well, thanks. And we got a new facility opening in downtown Sycamore, which will be called the 70, which will be like uh, be about a 3,200 square foot. Um, it'll be like, I hate to call it a fitting center because it's just going to be by appointment only, but it's a really cool old historic building with the old tin ceilings and the original hardwood and exposed brick. And it'll just be appointment only 
for fittings and sort of have like an ultra lounge mixed in with it. Right, that's so pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be like very low key, but not like it'll be a golf store with a a little bit of a golf store with the clothing and stuff up front, but it won't look like a golf store. It'll look more like a chill hangout vibe right. to it versus a store. And it will never be open to the public. Just literally, we're going to open it up for one person at a time. So are you moving the bar from your old place to the new place? Or are you keeping the well, bar? There'll be a new bar. Oh, a new bar. The old bar. The subpar bar is staying put. But there gotcha. will be. We're actually building a new bar, a little bit smaller in the new place as well. So, oh, yeah. awesome. We can't have a building without a bar in it. No, you so. can't. Right. Is that so? Is that going to be kind of like a little, uh, almost like a little cigar, you know, a cigar country club kind of like old yeah. school leather? Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be. Brick. But it's not too cliched leather. Yeah, like it's right. not too cliched. Oh, cigar. Like it it, yeah. it would be more like of a chill vibe to it. Like if you're not into cigars, like that's cool too. Right. There'll be some leather, but it won't be like over leather, like country club. Oh, this is a private country club fitting thing. Like right. we want to have a little bit of a chill vibe to it. Right, like a little bit more subtle than that. Yeah. Mixed in with maybe some velvet and like my wife's gonna do the decor in there. And she's got a really I'm not gonna brag my wife up, but I will like she gets the brand and it's not going to be too country clubby, but yeah. it'll be cool. Yeah, if that's that, awesome. It'll be a little bit more of maybe like a Southern Cal vibe mixed with the Midwest with like our vibe of like the exposed brick and the hardwood, but some like chill to it i like that that's great that's yeah. the best way to describe it like we don't want it to be like too like trying too hard of the you know scotch cigar yeah but there'll be a little bit of that vibe to it love it we, be cool. uh, we're we're chill guys as as you can see <laughs> from our uh our backgrounds yeah yeah i think you guys would like you would you would like we're going to have like the TVs all hooked up for us. So like we could go in there and watch Monday night football and it'll be on through the whole thing. And then we could play Pebble beach while we're doing it. Oh, that's awesome. For, there you go. Like, that's kind of the whole yeah. thing. Like, kind of works. like there'll be music going in there. Like you walk in, you'll be able to hit my phone and what do you guys want to listen to? And boom, it'll be on. That's great. But we don't want to try too hard. Like we try too hard. It looks like you're trying too hard. Like just. Be you. Right. Yeah. Chill, chill vibes everywhere. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's dive into uh, a little bit of the the business side of of Subsemity while keeping it chill. Um, yeah. You know, so really, how did how did Sub Seventy come you know to uh, fruition? And we we know well, maybe guys don't know about uh, you know the the Diamond Tour or uh, Hurricane Golf, but how did Sub Seventy kind of present itself? And you know, how did that all start? Yeah. So. I started Diamond Tour Golf, which is still around, which is a golf component company, right? In 1995, when I graduated from college and kind of like your classic golf component company, like Golfsmith used to be and or whatnot, we sell shaft scripts in the heads. And then we had Hurricane Golf, which the best way I could describe that's sort of like a TJ Maxx of golf. So like yeah. we would still work with the major, you know, air quote, major brands. And we might buy a thousand pairs of Puma shoes and we'll put them on eBay and Amazon and our website, you know, and it's a great business, right? Like it's been, it's been wonderful, but I had this desire and a third, I, I didn't think it would actually blow up to be honest with you. I thought I would just hobby farm. 
Mm-hmm. So I wanted to build and I was in a position to do it where I knew I had all the connections to make it kind of work, but I wanted to build Aston Martins. And then it was like, well, you know, I had kids a little later in life and I took like five years and kind of chilled out, you know, and didn't work a whole ton and spent time with the wife and family. And like I was mo- and I worked a ton of hours for like 20 years. Right. So I was like motivated to go do something else again. I was kind of like ready for the next thing. So I was like, okay, well, if we do this, we make these really great products. How do we differentiate ourselves? Like, and that's when, like, if you guys remember, like five or six years ago, like direct to consumer was just starting to become mm-hmm. kind of more mainstream where it wasn't out in left field for even like higher end products. Right. So it's like, okay, that's that's the pathway how we do this. But I thought it would just be niche boutique-ish, kind of like golf geeked out. And I was okay with that at this point, you know, at that point in in kind of doing it that direction. So it, it never started off to kind of be as big as it's gotten in like, you know, the three years we've been open, I thought it would be smaller. And, but the cool part is we, we never kind of like catered to having to follow the rules. We yeah. kind of like <laughs> broke the rules by not doing like product life cycles right. and like, like, screw it. Like we're going to do this however we want to do it and damn the consequences. And it's, right. I'm guessing there was more people out there that kind of liked the vibe of it more than there's a bigger audience than we thought that would kind of be there. Sure. So, I mean, I, I think it's your, your, your customer service is by far the, I mean, your clubs are amazing, but the coolest part about how one-on-one it is, is just, it, it makes it very enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, it's a labor of love from our side, right? So like if somebody comes and sees us for sub 70 or talks to us, like we have such pride in what we do. I, we can't do it in the staff. We can't do it any other way, right? Like it's it's got to be first class service from start to finish. And we want the clubs to be perfect. So it's just it's just trying to make sure that customer has like the greatest experience ever because it's so fun for us to make people happy, right? Right. I kind of way that like if you were running like a five star hotel, it would be fun, right? Because the guests are happy to be there, and the food you're going to serve is going to be great. The drinks are special, and the vibe is cool. Like that's a fun atmosphere to be in. I don't mean like a snooty, stuffy five-star hotel, like a cool place. Right. We kind of took that level of service to the golf club company and we thought we could potentially have an advantage because we thought service was sort of lacking on the other side a little bit. And we thought, well, let's bring like Nordstrom level service to a direct-to-consumer golf club company. That was kind of you know, the, the just general idea behind it, how we could like differentiate ourselves. There's no secret sauce. It's just... Treat every single customer like they're your brother-in-law. Yeah, right. <laughs> and make it fun. Like it, yeah. it's fun. I enjoy oh, yeah. doing this, right? Like, right. so smile and like, you know, I mean, I'm the luckiest guy in the face of the earth. Like, literally, I get to do this for a living. It's not lost on me. <laughs> right. Like, well, like, I mean, how can I not have fun doing this? We can see that on Twitter and social media engagement is it's just it's entertaining every day. I would have, I yeah. have to say. Yeah, like it, like we're like joking around. Like if they only knew, right? Like we we're not supposed to be here. Right? Like this <laughs> thing ever. Like this is so much fun. So I don't know. We're just gonna try to be honest and be ourselves and like put it out there how we are and enjoy the ride of it and just like just make sure that the customer and if something like we're not perfect and if something doesn't go perfect, we just step up, take care of the customer, tell them that hey, we're here to help you. Let's work together to solve this. Right. You make you, them you, admit to it and move on. And then try to really help the cut, not move out to the customer. But I mean, like, hey, you know, I think here's what we can do to help you. And then just 
treat the customer with the utmost respect and, and work with them. And it's genuine too. Like you, you could tell you seem like a guy that likes having um, like people over and you like to host and you like to, you know, be on the grill. Like you like taking care of people. It's fun to make people happy. It is. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's enjoyable and it's enjoyable. People come up to me and say like, Hey, I recognize you from the brand and we love what you're doing. Like I'm humbled by that. Like it's fun. So it's, I'm trying to enjoy this as much as I possibly can. I'm assuming you guys have seen a pretty big uptick, you know, in the last two years. Yes. Yeah. And, And the best part about that is from what I was reading, you guys haven't really had, well, I saw that, you kind of took a, a leap of faith there and you saw what was coming with the supply chain. We, we gambled and, and, and it worked out. Okay. Like, we, yeah. we, you know, a year ago we were like, this is going to be ugly. And this is what helped from having diamond tour. And, you know, I used to consult for some other right. OEM companies. Like you're like, I've been doing this long enough. You're kind of like, Oh man, the right. And we are like, we're growing really fast and we gambled and, and bought like, a massive amount of stuff, which we normally would have brought in on say over five or six shipments. We just brought it in early and hoped the demand would be there. Right. So relatively speaking, we were compared to other companies in pretty good shape. Now the tough part's still been with shaft and grip suppliers keeping up. Okay. But the good thing with, you know, the three major shaft companies, for example, right? I mean, as you guys well know, there is an equivalent shaft in all three companies and they're all really good between Nippon and KBS and True Temper Project X, right? So if you're essentially out of a dynamic gold, you can realistically put somebody in a C taper and it's, you know, they're not going down in quality one way or the other, vice versa. So our customer base has been really very cool about, hey, if we're out of a golf pride grip, can we put you in a lampkin? If we're out of a C taper, can we put you in a dynamic gold? And understand the supply chain issues we've been having, but, you know, compared, like we haven't been eight or nine weeks out. Yeah, we've been a couple, two or three weeks out. So we're we've 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 done, I think, as good as we can do in an imperfect situation. I mean, the turnaround time is crazy. Like I remember ordering mine and getting them in. Like, well, this was in the beginning of the pandemic, but it was in within seven days. It was crazy. As long as we have the inventory. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And we, like I said, when we're betting big next year again, like this is not going away in 2022. Like right. it's going to be. Like, 23 24 before it all gets caught up yeah i saw that yeah. it's not it's not it's not going to rectify itself in six months or something so we're we're making the same bet again just bigger so how many sets do you have an idea of what you built in the last year <laughs> i don't know roughly I, I no get for you, but i mean it's <laughs> i don't know like it's it's a lot yeah i mean just like i said going off twitter everybody saying they put their order in it just it, it's it's awesome to see yeah, I mean it's 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 really growing fast. Um, I mean it's it's thousands and thousands of sets of like irons. It's I mean thousands and thousands of sets. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wow, how many how many guys total do you guys have playing on collectively? Whether that's mini tours, you know, so like the Asian Challenge, the Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour. How many how many would you say? I know I know the the mm. the Champions Tour has been has been great for you guys lately. And then obviously the, the corn fairy yeah. tour as of late. Gosh, I'd have to add them all up. Right. Uh, 10, 10, like legitimately like 10, 12 guys a week between all the major tours. Like, like there's, 
there's nobody on the PGA. Like we build clubs for the, P, the guys on the PGA tour, but I, there's like nobody who's fully committed. That's a tough one, right? Cause you got to pay. Sure. Right. And it's yeah. like, I think you know, we've had it played on the PGA tour, but like for uh, uh, somebody to say, we are going to play these for the entire season. I'll never say never. It, it would depend on the relationship I have, you know, like, but it's a tough one to get down because where does it end? And then I just got to charge more for the clubs. I mean, that's the reality, right? Right. Like right. If, if someone's going to pay for it. It's not free. Right. We're, we're just not, we're not real big on trying to buy our way out there. Like we're, right. you know, we'd rather do it where it's like our relationship with Zach. Yeah. Right. Where yeah. he came to us, we, we worked together. We got him a set of irons and wedges that worked great. He had confidence in it. We didn't pay him at all to do it. And he went out and won, you know, Q school from a thousand people he's competing against. Right. Like that's real. That's authentic. Right. That's, that's our guy. Like we're working with Lee McCoy, which is just like the same thing. Like, it's just an honor to work with Lee, like the, his history in amateur golf. And he had that, you know, injury to his wrist and he's coming back. Like I like Lee a lot. Like we've gotten to be close. I like him as a friend. Uh-huh. You know, and it also too, like if that ever happened, you know, like I would tell if somebody offered those guys a big payday, if they, you know, if, if Zach makes it and somebody offers them a ton of money, it would be hard for me to say not to take it. Right. Like it would be, I understand it too. Like it's a, it's a business, right. But a slippery slope, like I don't want to get going on that because I don't know. It's, it's, I got to charge the customer more. There's just no other way around. Like, I don't know how to answer the question exactly. Right. I guess it would depend on like the situation and stuff. But right now we just, we, we could do it, but we just won't pay the money it takes to have it done. And to be honest, like, I don't know if we need it right now. Like the guys on tour who are playing our stuff, it's kind of working, uh, you know, right. just more organic. Like they're playing it because, you know, they love the product. I was just going to say it, it almost fits more into your guys' like organic growth where, you know, those guys are playing it. They love it anyways. Sure. It might not be getting the, you know, the attention that the other, you know, manufacturers, manufacturers get, but you knowing that damn well, they, they like those clubs is probably, you know, a, a bigger pat on the back for you knowing that somebody likes your clubs, but because like you said, it's a business, it can't really be, you know, yeah. I, in, in right, because this didn't really start off as like a business. If that, I mean, it's a business, but it started off as a labor of love, right? Like it was just right. going to be hot me. So to see Zach win, right? Like I, I'm so happy. It, it's all about him. Like I know we're just, Zach's so good. He could play any club and make it work. I mean, he's Zach Fisher. He's that good of a player. Same with Lee, right? Like, but to see those guys, Lee got second in Q school, Zach won. And to have those conversations with them after they've done it. And for us just to be a small little part, a little tool in the toolbox, like I don't have the talent to ever play professional golf. I love it, but I'm not that good. So it's like, that's the only way I'll ever touch that (laughs) and do it with the guys playing it because they think they're going to play better. It's the most satisfying. I think it's more satisfying than paying someone to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just, you know, conversations when those guys accomplish what they accomplished and, you know, they're going to go on to bigger and better things. I truly believe it, you know, or, you know, to see Tommy play our stuff on the champions tour and watch him in iron, we help design. 
I don't know. I don't know if it gets any better than that. Right. Like in my little world of, I'm such a golf geek, like that's the coolest thing ever. And I want it to stay more like that than just go buy five guys. And then three years later, they're off to the next company. I don't know. I like the relationships and getting to know the guys and, and, and working with them, you know, on a, on a friend, you know, we're friends first in the business, you know, there's the clubs are second. Right. I read that story about, um, about uh, Tommy Armour and Calcavecchia. And I mean, that story is unbelievable. When he helps you design his own club, that had to be like, you know, you probably had to take a step back and be like, man, this is, this is pretty awesome. So yeah, the relationship with Tommy is like, so he's one of my heroes growing up, right? Like literally one of my heroes. And got to know Sandy, his brother, you know, who guys for Darren Clark. And Sandy played professionally on the European tour and Australasian tour for like 15 years. So Sandy's a great player and teacher in his own right. So I had Sandy on the podcast and had a great time with him. Like just the family history, his playing, you know, was, you know he's, any of those guys who played the European tour in the 80s have like the best stories ever, right? I mean, that was like a traveling circus. And we ended up building a set for Sandy. And then Tommy saw him and then you know, Sandy reached out and said, like, you know, TA is, wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, the strangest phone call you ever get. Like, there's your phone ring. And that's Tommy Armour third. And, you know, we had a great conversation. And I had this idea for the club that became our club. But it was really like raw of like what I was thinking. And pretty soon, like he's asking, well, send over, you know, schematics and drawings and CAD files of it. Let me take a look at it. You know, now I'm talking to him like two days a week. Like, okay, this is still very strange. Like it's my heroes calling us to, you know, talk about golf clubs. And then right. a month, it was like, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to ask him if he have a club contract. And most of the guys in the Champions Tour don't. Right. The, the, they don't pay enough uh, for the clubs. So they usually do corporate stuff. If it's software, if like Tommy, his biggest sponsor is Discovery Land Properties, you know, which he's really tight with Mr. Melman and it's worked with those guys for years. Right. So there's more of that. So there's some more openings for us in the champions tour, corn Ferry tour guys, since Nike kind of pulled out yeah. that the other companies just don't pay enough for those guys to be fully committed to like a 12 or 13 club contract. So at that time, PA didn't have a contract. And I was like, well, what if we did this project together? You know, you'll get a percentage of the sales. So we're business partners, but you get the veto vote. If it never gets to the level you're happy with the product never gets made. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll do as many renditions as you want, but you're, it's your call in the end. He's like, it sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do it. And then, you know, we've last three years, we've gotten to be pretty good friends and, you know, I still, he's still my hero, but now he's more of my friend, which is kind of interesting. Right. Cause like, I was just hey, have to awesome. with them and spent three days with them and still pretty crazy. Like we're playing Las Vegas country club on a, afternoon what was it last last thursday and it's just me and ta out there and it's like wow that's like tommy it's the third in our iron right. our wedge working on with him and just he's so good still like he's still really good like he'd clobber your best player at your country club by a lot like he's, he works out hard he's a bit you know gets at 285 290 off the tee it's still stupid good at golf yeah yeah it's just like the coolest thing i have to i caught myself a couple of times just like watching them hit these like just pure iron shots and you're like yeah that's that's pretty cool like that's <laughs> a legend right there hitting your iron that you and him help you know do but at the end of it, like we're friendly now we talk you know every other day and he's a great guy he's given me 
I mean, I'm, you know, like I'm so lucky. Like I don't, I still don't, I mean, why did he do it? Right. Like he didn't owe me that. Like we're nobody. And the time he has taken the introductions he's made his expertise and his family being in the golf club business, right? Like he really knows equipment and he knows what he wants. Like he's tough, but fair. Yeah. He has been one of the kindest, nicest, best people I've ever met in golf. And he didn't have to do that. Right. Like he's such a, you know, an icon in the game and to help our little company out. Like I'm it's like the luckiest guy in the world. Like it's the coolest experience ever to get to play with him and hang out a little bit. And, and it's very comfortable being with him now. Right. Like he's still my hero, but we're also we're friends and right. in business partners. He's a great guy. He really is. What an unbelievable story. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah. And no big deal. Just <laughs> right. playing golf with Tommy Armour, you know, designing yeah, really. gloves. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was a little jealous last week following you on Twitter with your uh, yeah. weekend, right? We're playing golf with Ron White, the comedian, and going yeah. to a at night. And Mr. Davis plays our clubs from the Raiders. We made some really cool Raiders oh. stuff. So he was kind enough to invite us to the game and got to meet him and hang out with him a little bit. Total gentleman, like first class. And like he made us feel extremely comfortable. It's like, like once again, it's one of those things like, what the hell are we doing in an owner's box, right? And <laughs> And he made you feel really comfortable. He was first class. Like, you know, I was definitely one. I'm a Bears fan, but I was a thousand percent Raiders Nation that day. Oh, yeah. Great guy. Absolutely great guy. Who are some other guys that you've played golf with in the last like three years that you were kind of, you kind of had to like pinch yourself? Like, what am I doing here? Well, not a lot of golf, right? Because with so many of the guys on tour yeah. and then with COVID, you know, that was kind of tough. Um, really? Trying to think of like, you know, like, Playing with Zach, like yeah. Zach is stupid good. Like we took him out to Kishwaukee Country Club. And it's just when you see a guy who's a plus seven or a plus eight, <laughs> and I'm like a one, it looks like we're not playing the same game. Like he brought our country club to its knees. Like it's literally a driver and a flip wedge on every hole. And how far he hits and how accurate it is, like dog legs don't exist. He just goes over. I mean, it's just I would call it stupid good golf. Like I don't think the average good player realizes how much better a uh, corn fairy player or a PGA tour player who's like legit on tour, how much better they really are than your buddy. Who's a really good player. Right. Right. Like it's, it's ridiculously good. And then it's all of it too. It's length, it's accuracy. And like the short game is just nuts, right? Like he never played the course and every putt looked like it didn't go. If it didn't go in, looked like it should have gone in. Like, it's just, they hit their line and speed and read the greens so well. Like, if he played Kishwaukee Country Club as a member, a horrifying round would be a 66. He would shoot in the 50s. It's a par 70, 6,500 yards. He'd shoot in the 50s three times a year. Wow. <laughs> it's just, because if it's a 410-yard hole, he can cut a dog leg. It's a driver and a 30-yard chip shot. Yeah. Right. It's just, it, you know, remember kind of what those guys did out to Medina. Mm-hmm. You know, from 7,400 yards, cutting the dog legs. What did, they shoot? what did JT shoot to win out there, like 23 under? Like, if you guys have ever played that, that thing is brutal. Yeah. It was a pitching putt. Now, imagine same designer at Kishwaukee Country Club where I'm a member and being 500, 700 yards shorter. Right. It, That's it, nuts. It, it's nuts. Like, it's that much better. So that was a really cool experience to, you know, like, I, you know it. 
but you don't realize if you take them to your home course, which is not set up for a tour event, the rough's not that thick and the greens are rolling at 13, right. when they're rolling at 10, how stupid good those guys are yeah. compared to a good amateur player. Right. That's what, awesome. What did yeah. he shoot out there? We, we got rained out. He was six under through 14 holes. So I, my guess is if he would have, and we're like, it was giggles and grins golf, right? So he would have made two more coming in. He would have shot, uh, it would have been like a 62 or a 63 on a par 70. It, so it's only yeah. to be that good. It's, it's that good though, right? I mean, he's he's a legit plus or seven, plus eight type handicap golfer. That's uh, Kishwaukee's in what, DeKalb? That's where you remember at? Yeah, and it's a good classic, you know, small greens, fairly tight, you know, classic Midwest, good country club. And as he just brought it to its knees, it wasn't even, it's just ridiculously good. You know, and most guys, if you went out to Kish and you shot a 69, like you'd be happy. <laughs> or a 72, like that's a great score out there. And he would, you know, it'd be a 61 or a 64 or 65 every time he played. It's that, it's that much better. It's unbelievable. It's sick. <laughs> yeah, it's sick. Like it's, it, it, but he's one of the best. 800 people in the world who do this yeah right you know it's, 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 a, different, it's a different ball game it's it's not we're not playing the same game that's no. the best way i could describe it. it's not so, the same so speaking about game between your memphis trip your vegas trip and you're always taking pictures of your irons my question i think a lot of people ask you too are yours like prototypes that aren't yeah okay yeah i mean i've always got like 21 clubs in the bag so i'm like gotcha I, PA's irons in there. Then we got our 659 prototype, a TC, a CB, a hollow body club. For the club. Like I, I, I mean, if I play a match, I'll legitimately play 14 clubs. I don't cheat sure. anybody. But sure. Yeah, I'm always playing around with a new wedge or something like that. Yeah. So I've always got clubs that might be a couple years out. Gotcha. And experimenting with them and playing with them. So yeah, my bag's just full of stuff. Speaking of playing, have you won, uh, we come back out to the uh, the facility. We could uh, we could jog out there and well, let's set it up in the spring. We'll go play it. We'll put, yeah. we'll film it. Do all stuff. That was the course I grew up playing. You guys will absolutely love it. It's really really good. Awesome. Well, Sounds wonderful. good to me. We're looking forward to that. Hey, uh, Jason, we appreciate you coming on. We know you're a busy guy. Um, we wish you all the success. It's it's been pretty awesome to to see you guys grow and and have the uh, success you've had. Um, you got two big fans here, so we're always rooting for you. I appreciate it. If you guys need anything or anything like that, you know, just reach out or uh, anything like that. We're always glad to come on and work with you guys. So, like, thanks for all the kind words and the support. Like, I really, really appreciate it. No problem. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. All right, folks, we are back. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Jason Highland as much as we did. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, we didn't have really a, a chance to, to recap it. So I guess we'll we'll just do that now um, because it was previously recorded. We kind of had to move some things around, um, as Rob mentioned uh, to me a couple of minutes ago. We are always moving. We're moving. We're shaking. We're grinding. <laughs> yep. We're for the people. We're for the people. We're we're, we're, we're doing the grind. We're grinding yeah. for everybody. We're not trying to pull any magician or, or magic tricks <laughs> because we know you guys would would know we're dressed differently. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Yeah, that uh, that interview was awesome. Uh, I mean, that was our that was our first cribs. It was episode too. It was super sick. And for guys that are listening on Anchor or Spotify, so check out the YouTube uh, 
video of this episode. It's pretty cool. Jason starts off in his office and we're kind of, you know, uh, just going back and forth. And, and I asked him about a picture that was behind him. And then he proceeds to, to get up and show us all of these pictures in his office. And he was super willing. He just didn't know that, like, you know, he thought we would start recording after. And right. basically afterwards he was like, Hey, I didn't know if like we were going right off the bat, but Hey, you know, feel free to use that. And it was actually an awesome part of the interview. Yes. And then same with the end of the end of the interview. Um, but that's, that's going to have to get kept under wraps. I don't yeah. think we want that's, that. that's staying behind the curtain. Yeah. That's staying behind the curtain, but yeah, for you guys listening, I would definitely go check out that episode on YouTube. It was, it was pretty awesome, but, um, they have a ton going on, man. They they're opening up a new facility down the block from their current facility. And it's going to be what Jason said, basically a fitting shop slash, um, you know, uh, a customer experience, so to speak. So, you know, if, if you go down and you order clubs, you can go get fitted at their new spot. That's like two blocks away from their, um, their current location. And from what Jason said, you know, it's going to be super chill super lax kind of socal chicago with the exposed brick and hardwood and his wife's going to do i'm sure a great job of of uh decor and then they're going to have you know a simulator and tvs for you know the football games and golf and everything else that's on but um yeah i'm i'm super pumped to check that place out yeah no it's uh it's exciting stuff it's got me thinking about what i want to add to the bag already for the next season yeah I couldn't believe how cool he was, by the way. Oh, yeah. Very uh, easygoing. And it's, it's cool to see that, you know, he's, he's for everybody. He's for the people where it's like, you know, yeah. he wants to do it the right way and he doesn't want to cut corners and he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to ruin what they, the experience that they offer, you know, very one-on-one -on -one personal, you know? Right. I mean, and we've had a chance to think about it because like I said, the, that interview was recorded um, and I've since thought about it and I was trying to put myself like in his shoes. That's wild to me that, and that's, it's admirable of him. Basically, if you guys, you know, heard the interview, they could go after some big time guys, but the simple fact that he knows that's, that's going to just drive uh, sale prices and yeah. in the cost of his clubs up, Right. He's not really willing to do that. Right. Shows that he's for the people. Sure. I like that. He doesn't want to put the clubs in a PJ superstore or anything like that. You know? Yeah. No, because I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Um, such an awesome brand. It's, it's pretty cool that they're, you know, a half hour away from me, uh, maybe a little bit more than that, but that they're, uh, you know, a Chicago, Illinois brand, um, and we've been able to to kind of watch them grow and have a really good relationship with them. And yeah, uh, hopefully you guys will see, um, you know, further down the line, we we hope to, um, you know, bring that relationship um, into other avenues. Yeah. Hopefully, hope. you know, the plan is to have some more content together. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without giving up too much. Sure. Um, Cause we, we have some ideas and I think yep. you guys are really going to enjoy that. Um, but uh, as always, Rob, are you ready for the top three? I'm ready for the top three. I figure since it's, you know, Christmas time, 
you know, we're getting to that great time of the year where as golfers, we hope for some certain things. My question to you is what is your top three golf Christmas gifts? Like what would be your top three list of what you want or something that you've already, you know, gotten that was part of a Christmas gift in years past? Yeah. So that's a really good one. Uh, especially with, you know, the holidays, you know, this upcoming week, uh, yep. by the way, we should probably pause really quick and, and give this info out. So as I mentioned earlier in the, at the beginning of the episode, today is Sunday. We are now moving our podcast release date to Tuesdays instead of Fridays. Yep. Um, one, it not only makes sense to recap the tournaments, the PGA tournaments on Sunday night as soon as they're done. That way, everything's still fresh, but it also makes sense for Rob and I in terms of, of schedule. So we also want content to be fresh, um, get it to you guys right away, opposed to, you know, being a week behind. So yep. um, by the time you guys hear this, um, this will actually go out on Tuesday of this week. So that's the new schedule. Um, back to Rob's question. So my top three gifts would be uh, every year. So this would probably go, I'll go on the one hole this week. I'll start with the one hole. So we do a lot of secret Santas. I have, you know, um, four other siblings and, you know, I have a bunch of cousins and nieces and nephews, blah, blah, blah. So when we do a, a secret, you know, uh, it's called the grab bag. Yeah. Like a secret Santa. I mean, every year it's golf balls. So I yep. know, I know at least once a year, Typically at Christmas, I'm getting at least a dozen Pro V1s. There you go. So I know those are, you know, um, always going to be available. So that would probably be one. I mean, you could never have too many balls. And then um, everything that gets recycled. So if they get, you know, um, some nicks or knacks on them, I recycle them to my golf bag and then from my golf bag into the garage. So you know, we always need balls here. Yeah. So, I mean, those ones PJ left aren't, you got to get rid of those ones. The, the green bombs, <laughs> whatever he's got in there. Oh, he left the big box of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're, those are rough. Um, and then I would say number two, number two would probably be like a gift card to, you know, a course or maybe just like a golf now gift card basically anywhere, you know, any, anything I could use to, to go play to, you know, I could put forth to go playing somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get too bougie with like, you know, asking for a club and, you know, that's not on my radar. Plus I don't, I don't even want to go down that road because mm -hmm. if like, you know, if I got a club, I would, you know, I would look at the grip. Like I would just be. Yeah, no, you want to get the club you want. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go gift card or something along that, those lines for, for number two. And then number three, I would say maybe depending on who it was from, just some, some gear, whether that's shoes, like a, you know, Travis Matthew zip up or, you know, any, any type of apparel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy. Um, you know, anything golf related, I'll find sure. some way to use it. Sure. So that's the old top three. How about you? 
That's good. Um, I'm a big tech guy. So I got um, that a Garmin approach for a gift. That was, that has to be in the one slot. That's pretty good. But yeah, I would have to agree with the golf balls, especially for me are always good. So I'm not taking them from Vince or who I'm ever playing with. So that's always a nice treat when you get those couple dozen golf balls. And then, yeah, the gift card, I think is, you know, solely the, the biggest one because a, it's either PJ superstore or hopefully now Katie's listening and it's sub 70. We'll see, but yep. it's always good to get what you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, did I hear you made a trip to the uh, PGA Superstore today? I did. I did. I, and I have a, I have a little gripe. I have a little gripe. Today was – either way, it was a good day. Got to go to PGA Superstore. Got to hang out in the garage, watch a little golf, and then I did a little tinkering with some grips, replacing some. But I just can't believe the cost of grips these days. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Ten dollars. Ten dollars a grip. You're talking about 130 bucks to regrip your set. Yeah. Because you got to have matching grips. I can't stand the people that have, you know, all your clubs aren't matching grips. So, okay. I, I'm in between on that. Are we talking? I, guess I should say I can't stand. That's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Like, I like to have everything matching. Mm, I'm going to be for you and I'm going to be against you at the same time. Okay. Hey, so I, I could be that's, for that's you. what we're about here. That's what we're about here. If we're talking about like your irons, then yeah, they should all be matching. Right. But if you want different grips, like I have different grips on my wedges than I do, you know, uh, my driver in my, on my woods. So like if I guess if they're just separated into that category, like if you have certain wedge grips, which by the way, Wedge Guys is one of our sponsors. That's where you go for grips. If you have grips for woods, so be it. You know, I guess. So you're saying, but you're my, saying, so as long as, so if you have a driver three wood, five wood, you're having those all three the same grip though, right? Yeah, but as long as you're not, if you're mixing and matching like your irons, you're, that's, that's a problem. Okay. All right. I guess I can respect that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, because some guys, like a buddy of mine, I know he likes going a thinner grip on wedges because he'd rather have feel instead of like a spongy, a spongy grip. Um, and then, you know, I know guys on their woods, they have a medium sized grip or an oversized grip that they don't have on their irons. And it's just a total, it's even a different brand grip. So, but I hear what you're saying. Um, but either way, I guess my point is I just can't believe how expensive they are it's just silly to sit there and drop 130 bucks in my case to regrip every single club yeah speaking of bucks i'm 20 bucks richer you are 20 bucks richer i was gonna vem- uh i'm gonna have to venmo you that one buddy yeah that's i i don't carry cash anymore yeah um but yeah so great episode again new release dates are tuesdays no longer Fridays. Um, and until then, Rob, we'll see you in the fairway. See you in the fairway, Tom. See you, buddy.